Welcome to Under the Blanket with your host, Baba Here Love. And here we are under Miraji's blanket, deep in his heart, where we see all is one. And I have a guest host today that's been on the show before, Badri Das, or Johnny. And we're going to talk about love. Now, I'll start us off. Love, to me, is our essence. It's a name for God. In other words, it's our being. Love is a state of awareness. Love loves all. Love is all. Love is totality. And uh, love is a doorway to love. Like bhakti yoga is the love yoga. You use love of a, in a dualistic sense to get love in that unifying sense. And that's, to me, what love is. There's other kinds of love. There's, there's romantic love, friend love, uh, the love you hear in music. That's what more romantic love. But there's all kinds of, I mean, romance songs. And there's all those levels of love as well. Those are the lower levels that have attachment, emotions, things like that. Love, to me, is not an emotion. It's a state of consciousness. That's the deepest state of consciousness, the state where you see you're not separate from others. Uh, or the environment, whatever, that sort of thing. So, Badri Das, what's your take on love? Love. Well, I think all of the the loves that uh, you spoke about actually emanate from the, the same universal love or uh, what we truly are, is a, a sea of love. And I think a lot of people get caught up in, like, you know, I love that person, so I need that person with me or around me to experience that love. But the love that we feel uh, from another person is actually emanating from our own being, which is what we all are together. And so it's emanating out of that oneness. And, and so it, it, it's not uh, something that someone can take away from you or something that is lost from you because it's always it's your true state and it's always coming from you yeah yeah that's beautiful and you know it's interesting uh while you were saying that i thought of miraji and ramdas you know ramdas mm-hmm. the people he encountered were like had the vibe i'll love you if he felt he had to earn love from everybody he encountered up to miraji when he met miraji he felt uh unconditional love and he didn't quite fully trust it at first, so he had to be aware that Miraji could read his mind and know everything about him. And, uh, for example, at one time he uh, was a vegetarian, yogi vegetarian, uh, strict vegetarian or something, and he had to go to a restaurant, and he secretly ate some biscuits in an alley that he's not supposed to eat, according to the yogic diet. Miraji yeah. uh, immediately said, even though Ramdas told no one, of course, How'd you like the biscuits when Ramdas came before him? And he describes in Be Here Now that he was a freak that, that Miraji knew everything in his head. But when he hung out around Miraji, he felt only loved by him. He felt like Miraji knows all this stuff about me, and including some dark stuff that Ramdas probably never revealed from his past. And he still loved him. And that love and that unconditional love was uh, more powerful a method to him than psychedelics. Like psychedelics showed him that state of love for a temporary time, but it kicked him out. Uh, Miraji's love worked from inside him, so he didn't have to score to get it, or whatever it was. He, he had always, the message was always around him, with him. You know, he understood Miraji was uh, omnipresent in a way. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think of that line and be here now. He's like, once I felt that love, I wanted to submerge myself in this ocean of love. I wanted to be it, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and what a, a guru when you feel that love unlock from a guru, uh, what you're actually feeling is yourself. So there's a sense of, of duality, like it's somehow coming from the guru. But it, what the guru has actually done is just open the door to your own heart where you are love. Yeah, like like Ramdas says, he looked at me and he saw the place in me, which is love. And here in love, we are love. So yeah. when that works, you don't get attached to the guru. And he becomes not really something special in that way. I mean, he is special, but he's not special. It's hard to really talk about it because it's so unfathomable, really. But uh, yeah. <laughs> also, I wanted to add, um, I had experience of unconditional love from Ama, for one, and uh, I felt she gave me that, uh, and she's at that level. But she, the guru helps me see that everybody is that love, and you could get that love from a chair or whatever it is, or yeah. grass blades. I've had times where grass blades, blades have sing, sung Hare Krishna to me, and I felt more love from the grass blade than I ever felt with the person. You know, that kind of experiences. But I think at this one particular time, where uh, my a lady Elise got into this very high state, very high spiritual state, and uh, she started to read my mind like Miraji. I would think Apple, and she'd say Apple. I'd think of a, a long number, and she'd say the exact number I was thinking of. She would pull things out of my past that I had forgotten about, and then I remember that stuff. At that moment, in that state, uh, there was no Elise, my lady. It was just Miraji was there, the or mm-hmm. the being of my great self, the self. And it was reflecting back on me uh, that it knew everything about me and it loved me unconditionally. And that helped me open up to that I'm that. And then I laid down and I saw this vat around me, this vision of a vat. And I was in this vat of like separation of duality. And I felt the love, you know, and I felt the oneness, but I still had this vat around me. And I was seeing it on the astral planes. And she, in her high state, uh, opened up the vat and I felt it open up and I felt this love rush into my being, rush into my body, rush into all that I was. And then I remember us dancing the night away in total love, and I got to that state too. I did come down from that state, um, but I work on it. You know, I try to remember be here now and so on and so forth. You know, so that unconditional love is is in all of us. We could always access it. So my question for you is, um, Elise accessed it at that point. Why did she not stay in that state? Why did she forget? Uh, I, I think it's because, uh, and a lot of times our mind is wired this way to, to keep us in the, the matrix, so to say, so that we re-identify with our personality mind structure and that pulls us back into the world, which is, our mind feels safer in that, but that is not actually the, the, the truest place. That's not actually the freest place. And that in a sense, like we're we have this idea that we're in this reality, but actually reality is within us. And it's like we're in this living painting and we have the the perception that we are this character in the painting or in the book, but actually 
we are the painter and the canvas, but we're not the painting. But all the whole painting is alive with that unconditional love. And so it's it's accessible at any moment while we're in the painting. Beautiful, beautiful. So I have another question for you. Uh, did you ever experience uh, unconditional love from another person? Uh, I, I believe I did. I believe I have. Um, but again, it, it's the the recognition of that is coming from the place within us that is also unconditional love. So the it it's hard to say like. Uh, recognize it from someone else because where we feel and experience everything is within what we are. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, you know, I, I want to go into other kinds of love. Like the Greeks have a good explanation of that. They call the universal love agape, but they have all kinds of other uh, loves. Uh, I forget the name of them, but they have to do with romance, friendship, love that grows over time, so on and so forth. Sexual love, I think they called eros. You know, so I was wondering, how did the other forms of love relate to our spiritual awakening? How can we use them for our awakening? How can we not get caught in them? Because you know, as well as anybody, uh, as, a, as well as my listeners know, that romantic love can come with a lot of pain, missing, attachment, emotions of all sorts. You know, many of love songs have been written about that pain. Love Hurts by Nazareth. There's a lot of uh, songs like Love Stinks by another, you know, it's like, what they're saying is not that the universal love stinks, but that the romantic love is so painful. So I wonder if you could come up. Let's just focus on one. What about romantic love? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I think it's the attachment that the mind develops of like, oh, well, I need this person, one. And two, like, I need this person to be consistent with me. So there's like a, a duality involved in the romantic style of love. And I think uh, you want to find that place where the two of you merge into into one. Yeah, and... I have to agree with that. You know, like uh, Ram does uses the analogy of a tri triangle with, say, marriages and whatnot. The way I look at it is with romantic love, you know, you find your partner that you're romantically in love with, that they're romantically in love with you, and you try to make a conscious decision to use your romantic energy, your sexual energy, all that kind of stuff, you're uh, living together or not living together, whatever it is, using all that energy as grist for the middle of awakening to the part in both of you that is one, that is that universal love. So if you're caught in the two, you use the two to get into the one. And if you're in the one, you go be as the one and dance as the two. So you still get to be the two. But when you're in the perspective of the one, it's Leela. It's playful, like Krishna and Radha. Krishna and Radha are both aware of the oneness, yet they play as the the, the flute-playing blue guy and Radha, and they then they swing on their swings and dance and whatever, you know. And they he's she's his favorite. He favors her, but they do it in a Leela way, a light way, a dancing way, and that's a good analogy, I think, for uh, romantic relationships that. You see, you know, your partner as your favorite. You favor them, but you do it in a way that you recognize that as an illusion. So you're the one playing as the two, playing right. the favorite, using the emotions and the missing and the romance, all as Leela, and that's the, the goal of it. But if you're caught up in the two, then you uh, use your yoga 
relationship yoga where you take that energy and then you do practices. Right. And I think that like you hit on a really key point is like both partners have to be aware of the oneness to, 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 to merge into the one and still be able to play as two. Because a lot of times uh, when you have like, you know, individual minds, there's two separate ideas uh, of love based on your experiences and the, the mental networks that have been built over, over that perception of what love is. So I think it's key that both people uh, have that understanding of like what oneness is. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that relationship yoga is more effective usually when both of the people involved are conscious of the oneness and work on themselves and make an agreement to use their relationship for that. I'm lucky that my lady has had experiences of oneness and uh, we both agreed to use our relationship for yoga and that's our ultimate goal and that sort of thing. But, you know, what would you say to someone out there that's doing relationship yoga and their partner is totally unaware of oneness or yoga. Maybe they have a different religion. Maybe they have or an, uh, a super scientist, rational person. And you're say, say the person listening is really spiritual and awakening, wants to do relationship yoga, but their partner's like totally lost. I mean, what would you recommend? Well, it's like any relationship uh, of any kind, really. Like even if you go to the store and the clerk is not in that oneness like, or is anybody, there's somebody who's being funny style to you or whatever, you remain in that oneness and recognize that that oneness also exists in the other person. And you try to, uh, you know, more or less worship the, and commune with uh, the divine in that person, the oneness in that person. And that may rub off on the other person and it may not, but as long as you're staying in your oneness and, you know, doing the best to honor that within everyone you come in contact with, I think that is the, the sadhana. Yeah, uh, that's beautiful. And I would like to add that, um, you know, like, uh, the same thing basically like see the God and the other, see the love and the other that they might, might not know that like they might be really lost, but see the part in them that isn't lost. What I find is when I anchor myself in seeing God and everything and seeing love and everything, I'm more effective as a teacher or mm -hmm. a student as a, just living in general uh, with love, you know, because I see it in myself. I see it in others. I see it in the environment and grass blades, whatever, but, you know, it's also important to be aware of that there is a spiritual evolution on another level where uh, some souls are on this part of the journey and some souls are on that. And there's more advanced and they're less advanced, blah, 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 blah. That's another level. I think it helps me, at least, to anchor in the part where you see everybody's the Buddha. And then once you're anchored in that, then you could take a little look and see where the person's head's at, you know, because that's important, too. You could be seeing God and everything. If you're God intoxicated state, you know, you could go get yourself into some trouble, lose your ground. It's important to see the individual difference as well and the different vibrations and where people's heads are at. That's important. But to have all that be in balance, anchor in seeing the oneness and all. Yeah, it's like Ram Dass says, like, 
you want to hold space for someone so that if they feel like coming out and playing, like if the divine within them feels like coming out and playing, then you are giving like a, a open environment for them to do so. Yeah, that reminds me of that quote that Ram Dass said, it's all just God and drag. How would you interpret that? I, I think it's just everything is is God. Uh, like you said, like playing the part of this reality or playing the part of the tree or playing the part of the air that we're breathing or playing the part of us also. Yeah, you know, it's like a, there's, there's a level a, where everything's God and that ultimate level. But there's a lo- another level where it's all God and drag. Like, it's God, but it's in drag. It's pretending to be a tree. It's pretending to be the physical planet. Uh, it's pretending to be the universe. It's pret- All that is not really what it is. What it really is is formless nothing, spacious awareness. But right. it manifests into form as form. You know, so it's all God and it's all just God and drag. Right. Like, there's a, a Muji quote where he says, uh, God isn't playing with you. God is playing as you. Yeah, yeah. And that goes for everything. All right. So what would you say about um, people that, uh, you know, uh, don't have relationships, that don't have romantic love, that don't have anything, and, you know, that are surrounded by some pretty shady people, you know, that people that wrong them? How would you recommend they find love? Well, and uh, to quote Ram Dass again, like, can... And I think this is the the true sadhana and the path of the sage. Like, can you keep your heart open in hell? Like, yeah, if you can, yeah. If you can keep your heart open in hell, then you, then you you got it, you know. And yeah, you, and can, you. It's like, it's like you could look at it as if you're in that situation. If someone listening is in that situation, think about how strong you'll be if you approach it from can you keep your heart open in hell. You know, because, you know, it's easy for the mystic to be all in love with God when the guru is, quote unquote, smiling on him and his life is going good and things are happening. Oh, I love everybody. But the minute something bad happens, they lose it. You know, you got to remember that humility. Yeah. And and hard times come for us to not to torture us, but so that we can transcend that and that feeling of like being tortured uh, by the mind or like circumstances coming at us is is actually like this spiritual workout and it's making you stronger for whatever work is ahead of you i was thinking of this song by the beatles all you need is love and how really true that is it's like nothing you could do that can't be done nothing you could sing that can't be sung you know nowhere you could be except where you're meant to be i know it's kind of hokey and corny and it's john lennon writing it but you know what? It is easy when you have the love. When you truly accept the love fully, then you're in tune with the universe and you're from that perspective of Leela. So it's easy at that point. It's hard to get to that point. But once you get to that point, it is easy. You know, it just it and really you just have to open up your heart to it. I really think we have a part to play and you know, like letting that love in to be the love, we have to open our heart, you know, like Ramdas when he when he when the Mirage said spleen he felt that pain in his chest he felt like he was home you know yeah yeah definitely and i think too like the like you were quoting the lyrics and stuff and how in in our modern day like all those themes 
thing seem like cliche, like hippie things to say, but it's only because it's so like drenched in our society now that that has become like a new agery type of thing to say. But like at the time when those were coming out, that was like revolutionary. That was that was the revolution of the soul taking place. And so that's why those songs are so popular is because like millions of young people were having that same experience through psychedelics and um, Eastern philosophy and religion and practices. So do you have a love song from that time that you want to share? Oh, you know, I love a lot of like uh, like the John led uh, uh, John Lennon uh, imagine song is is to me that's a love song absolutely um, it's love of the planet and the yeah, people and just like what we not only what we could become but what we are going to become we're yeah, in the to process me it's of an that inevitability right i really that's what when i met the extraterrestrials and flew around the universe they really uh told me and i really i don't have a doubt about it i really think our planet will inevitably reach a, a point of unity. Now, will it be a perfect utopia? Probably not. But we'll at least have some sense of unity, some sense of love to go through it together, to bear the problems of the planet together, and be have a symbiotic relationship that we don't have now. Some people have it, but most people don't. And, you know, the issue, I just think that's inevitable on our planet. That's what they assured me it was. You know, but they didn't tell me the time frame, so... I think that's important that they didn't tell me the time frame because my whole practice is to be here now. So if it comes in 200 years and I'm long left my body, that's not the point. The point is really to be here now. Well, and what we're going through right now is the growing pains of that as we grow into this new species as a human and a new way of being uh, uh, with our reality and as our reality, like a lot of people think that we're separate from nature. Humans are a separate entity, but we are nature. We are also nature. And people forget that a lot. And like I said, these are growing pains into a, a new era of existence. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right. We've reached the end of the show and this has been Bobby here. Love. We've been under the blanket, the under the blanket show. And I've had a, a great guest host this time, a Badri Das. And, uh, you know, some final uh, thoughts before we go, Badridas? Uh, I just want to say I love, I love all you guys that are listening. And I want to encourage you to love yourselves and spread love and be that love and be true and authentic in that love. Nothing you could do that can't be done. Nothing you could sing that can't be sung. It's easy. All you need is love. Boop, 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 boop. Thank you all for joining us. Have a beautiful be here now moment.